There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hello, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show on Voice America. It's great to be back with you again uh, for another fantastic week. Uh, we've got a great guest today with you. I'm really excited to introduce Molly Beddingfield to you today. I'll share a little bit about Molly's background in just a moment. Uh, wherever you are in the world, I hope uh, you're, you're thinking about, uh, you know, about your world and how you can contribute to a better one through the work that you're doing. Now, this show has become more and more about uh, helping people to think about doing business in a good way and to ensure that you're leaving a positive mark on this world. We all want to leave, I hope, um, a, a legacy when we when we depart. And uh, why not leave a good one? Why not leave one that you're proud of, that you can look back on one day and, and enjoy it all over again? Uh, and my guest is certainly doing that. Um, so we're going to talk, um, before I've introduced to Molly, I'd love to say a, a thank you as well to my guest last week, who coincidentally, we've just realised that Molly knows as well, who's Jane Gunn. Uh, Jane it was, is a mediator, she's a, a lawyer, uh, and uh, an incredible author, speaker. I've known her for a number of years, and she's my go-to expert when it comes to mediation. Uh, and she talked to us last week about how to deal with conflict. Uh, conflict is very charge, challenging in, in the um, it, not only in the business world, but it can be uh, in our families, but also you know globally with what's going on right now. And being able to press the red button and stop um, before you find yourself in too much um, trouble, uh, and to be able to look at it and uh, work work through that for a positive outcome for both parties is, uh, I think, the, the way to go. So if you're interested in conflict, you've got any conflict in your organization right now that you uh, need to be addressing, then do go back and listen to the wise words of Jane, uh, because there's a few people who know how to do it better than her. Um, I also want to say a, a big thank you to uh, my friend, Molly Harvey. Uh, Molly is uh, an amazing leadership expert, cultural expert. She was on the show a few months ago. She's just brilliant. She's so insightful, so wise. And her insights uh, made it her uh, realize and decide to introduce me to my guest today, Molly Beddingfield. She said, I think you two are going to get on really well. And we had an amazing conversation last week. It was just brilliant. So I'm excited today to be talking about stepping up and being an angel, uh, about impact with kindness. Um, Molly is the founder and the CEO of Global Angels Foundation. And I think what she really does is she exemplifies this, uh, this revolution that we're going through of, uh, of a kind approach to personal growth, to stakeholder engagement, to supporting a community uh, and contributing to a better world. She's got a very extensive background in business management, in leadership development and charitable contribution. And I think he's someone who really practices kindness and, uh, and the ripple effect on that is uh, really transformative for those around her. Now, she also clearly um, had... A, um, a great track record in terms of being able to nurture 
uh, people because her her children include talented are all talented singer songwriters but they include globally recognized talents Daniel and Natasha Beddingfield. Now, if I'm correct, Daniel had three number ones over here in the UK, and I think Natasha sold in the reach of 20 million records. Uh, so it must have been an amazing experience growing up with the family with lots of uh, lots of music. And I know her other two children, I think one's an Emmy nominee or award winner, and the other one is um, is also in the sort of music and, uh, and um, that sort of field. Uh, but all incredibly successful. Um, so I could do with probably a few tips as I've got teenage uh, sons for Molly on how to how to bring up uh, amazing, amazing children. Um, but Molly um, has grown this incredible business. It's called um, organization. It's called Global Angels. It's making a huge contribution, um, particularly at the moment out in Kenya. So I think she's a brilliant person to talk about how to empower others with kindness, compassion and care and make a difference. So a big welcome to my guest today to Molly Beddingfield. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everyone. It's lovely to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me, Chris. You're very welcome. It's great to see you. I could see you. Um, not everybody can. Uh, and just tell us, if you can, maybe a little bit about you know your sort of background and your early influences and, and maybe what influenced this commitment to kindness? Well, I come from New Zealand. Um, as a young girl growing up, I was in a very small village community. My father and mother were pharmacists. Um, there was a farming community around us. And um, um, as I grew up, I saw the whole community would come together to build the fire station. Uh, the, the, there was a sea rescue because we were by the sea and people were getting drowned. Their boats were tipping over. So everyone came together the mothers, the fathers, the children, and we did something called a working bee. And we all came together and built a, a ramp in the off, off the ocean, into the ocean, so that boats would have to, instead of having to go over the bar, they'd go over the, um, put their boats down the ramp. And we, you know, my the mothers and the daughters, they would make scones and cups of tea and everything and the boys would be helping their dad with all the building and that was kind of how we grew up my dad was if someone got a fish hook in their finger they'd come to my dad if someone got a chainsaw cut through their leg and there was no doctor they'd come to my dad and he'd stitch uh -huh. him up and send him to the so my dad was like a bear grills he was an adventurer type bear grills who loved nature loved people and um so i grew up surrounded by that and um Something in me longed to to uh, emulate that and build communities. That was part of it. When I was a teenager, you know, I was one of those kids that became anorexic, bulimic, um, trying to be perfect, trying to get the best grades, the best at sport, please everyone. And um, but as a bulimic, I no one even even heard of that. And I was um, desperate, absolutely desperate, because I couldn't go for help. And then amazingly, these incredible people I met when I started studying to be a physiotherapist um, were very kind to me, came into my life, created a, I was in the city then, and they were like a family village type feel. And they gave me such grace, such kindness, and helped me through that to the next stage of life. And at that point, I decided for the rest of my life, I'm going to devote myself to charity work and doing good and helping others. Because of me, from my background, 
was going through much suffering, so much suffering. It's like, what on earth are these other people doing? So I, so I went went into counselling, coaching, helping addicts, all sorts of people in in inner city London when I first came here. Um, I had a small children, um, um, so and was living in you know Peckham and Brixton and the rougher parts of London. <laughs> And trying to bring kindness there wherever we went. And um, we saw, you know, saw amazing things. And so that was kind of my background um, mm. in my formative formative years. And when I was 40, I had this major burnout for about six years where I was very unwell, lost the use of my hands. Oh, and started using my voice, homeschooling my kids, all sorts of things happening. And then suddenly um, Daniel went number one in the charts and then two followed by Natasha who went number one they both went number one around the world and it was like well what do I do with this I'm their homeschool mother who mm. homeschooled them for secondary school and it was like what can I do and I realized I had this opportunity to make a much bigger wider difference if I stepped up um, and started my own charity and I had amazing people I knew around the world doing incredible good you know really donating their time and I was like, I have this amazing network of people doing good and I I have a huge opportunity. Why don't I use this? And then this amazing, I was like, so I'm going to start this foundation of my kids and all my friends were like, you're the right person to do it. Go for it. And, um, and then I was like, what am I going to call this charity? Mm. And then one night I had a dream about angels and I was like, just thinking, you know, not 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 religious angels, but everyone wants to be an angel, you know, men, women, children, Muslims, Christians, whatever, all kinds of uh, the princes. I met Prince um, Harry once, and he was like, "Can I be an angel?" <laughs> <laughs> and there's, I might not be a very good one, but can I? And I'm like, "Of course." So that was that was like the beginning of um, that was in my forties. Yes, yes, was yes. It? I think it was in my 40s, yeah, mid-40s. And I got my health back, my life filled up. And since then, I've been really going for it, really happy. It sounds like there's a bit of you know, a journey there in terms of maybe learning to be kind to yourself. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. I think we were talking the other day when you and I chatted about what, what was kindness, you know, and I think that... Um, you know, when you're trying to be perfect, which a lot of us are, and trying to do good, sometimes we push past all the barriers to be a winner in sport or in our business, and we can forget to be kind to ourselves. Mm. And um, But being kind to ourselves is, you know, love others as you love yourself. How can, if you're not kind to yourself, how are you going to really be kind to others? Yeah. And um, I think if you've never had it modeled, some things we just don't learn, and I think that for me, um, I was devoted to pouring out my life for everyone else. And I forgot myself with my kids, helping the world be a better place. And I'd forgotten about me. And as people were really kind to me when I was really down, really low physically, um, something happened gradually within me. And I thought, gosh, they love me even though... Um, like this and then when I started speaking again because I was an international speaker at the time I thought 
people won't want to hear me now because I've kind of failed. And they were like, you're back. You're, we love <laughs> you. We're so glad you're here. We don't mind that you run well. It's like, but, you know, during that whole process, I, uh, as people were kind to me, I started to be kinder to myself. And then I found I was kinder to other people even. I was kind before, but I was kinder. I had more grace, more understanding of people going through hard times or weakness. And, you know, we need that in the business world too. It's not just in our families. It's not just in our community. It's it's also in the business world. You know, and this, this is cry in me was, what would the world be like if it was kind? Mm. I met this amazing lady that some of you will have heard of, Anita Roddick, who started the body shop. Mm. And I was like, she wanted, she said, what the world needs is a revolution in kindness. And I'm like, it does, you know. Yeah. It, it does. Would, it would uh it would help us to solve many many challenges that we face right now wouldn't it if we all approached everybody with kindness and we all we all decided that whoever we meet we care for uh and we want the best for um, rather than what's in it for me um and uh, and suspicion I, I can't help my mind sort of with you mentioning about new zealand uh my, my mind's taken back to being on a beautiful beach in Abel Tasman in in the South Island where where, where were you in New Zealand because I mean it looks at places as idyllic I mean I w wonder what you know would you ever want to go back and live there again it must be a simple you know simple life uh, away from a lot of the troubles perhaps yeah it is it's it's a beautiful country really really beautiful and I grew up on a beach um, a surf beach very famous now surf beach called Raglan um which is was just beautiful, mm. very beautiful. Um, would I like to go back? I go back most years uh, because it's there's family there, and I, I love it. I feel it's refreshing and healing. I took my. I've, I'm planning to go back in 2025 and show my new husband around New Zealand, so he can really get a feel of how beautiful it is and why I love it. Um, but I actually love being in London. I think. I like the diversity. I like the cultural diversity. I like the where people are, are more integrated racially. Um, there's a kindness um, and an understanding of races. And I love the ability to travel to all these different countries more easily than if I was in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking of uh, you know, a couple of things that I'd like to, like to just briefly explore with you and the first one was when you were talking about you know this you had this international speaking uh, career and you were going through a period when you're feeling maybe you're not kind to yourself you're feeling down on yourself and I just think it's it's very interesting that we can all at times in our life have those moments where maybe we do go on a bit of a slide a bit of a downer but what you realized in that was actually there was a lot of people out there who really cared for you and we're really, you know, probably had a, a higher impression of you than you did of yourself at that time. And I've experienced that in my life, too. Um, we, You know, for people who are feeling low right now, there may well be a very different perspective of you amongst people than you actually realise. It's true. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that we're our own, some of us, unless we're a narcissist, we are our own mm. critic, aren't we? Is that, uh, yeah, and... Yeah, I agree with you. I think, um, yeah, I think, yeah, right. I suppose the other the other point is, I'm just thinking about you bringing up four four children, uh, and uh, you know there must have been 
moments where you really start to see you know their talent starting to really kind of shine through and all the attention when you're you have children tends to be on the children yeah and you're kind of living through your children I just wonder what that what that experience was was like and you know homeschooling them as well uh and then how you after that rediscover yourself really yeah it's a it's a really interesting journey and um I think um I think a lot of women my age had children young and then when we got into our 40s we started to go what about me you know because we've given everything and I think homeschool mothers um there's never you're never you've never done enough it's like you 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 can't be good enough there's always someone that can paint more and does more creative things with their kids or does this or that and so it's kind of interesting. Um, but anyway, to, to come to that place in life where you suddenly go, what about me? Mm. And for me, that was a really big thing around the 40s, you know, the midlife crisis thing. It it, it, played, it was like with my illness, um, it was that phase of making a big shift in all kinds of ways so that I could come to the next place of life where I could thrive and be my best self. And I, I, you know, the dark night of the soul that people talk about. And if you look at a lot of people who've really made a big impact on the planet or are making an impact, if you talk to them, whatever area it is, you'll find that they've been through their own dark night of the soul where everything was difficult. It could be their health. It could be yeah. marriage. It could be whatever, business failure. Um, all sorts and through it they had this opportunity to turn things around and feel what it's like to be vulnerable feel what it's like to have nothing and to be weak and not be able to just pick yourself up and run and that makes us more human and softer so when you come out of that experience you are more powerful than you were before yes. because what's really important in life has become very clear it's people it's it's loving your loving the land it's loving your family or friends and really making a difference and the other things material things fall away or the things that you were driven by you suddenly go what's really important and out comes this power for the next phase of life that drives you and drives your vision and your passion towards the next phase yeah uh, but softer and yes. i remember i remember a man an international speaker, really amazing guy, tutor, like a trainer, coming to me one day when he heard how unwell I was, and he said, don't worry, it'll come back. And he said, when you get through this phase, however long it is, because six years was a long time, he said, when you get through this, he said, you are going to be more focused, more sharp, and all the gifts that you had, all the experiences in life, everything you've done will come together and you will have a new focus, a new course on your life. And all of those things that you've done, all your experiences will help you, hone you to do this next phase. But you're going to do it in a different way. You're going to be looking yeah. after yourself. You're going to be kinder. You're going to be more powerful than you ever were before. But you won't have to work as hard <laughs> because it's coming from you, from the yeah. core of you, the inside, what you learned. Yeah. And that was the most encouraging thing. And then one day... I suddenly said to my kids, I'm well. And they were like, mum, you know, 
if you get unwell again, guess who's going to look after you? And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I've got this vision for Global Angels and I'm going to do this and this across the world. And they were like, that's amazing. We can't think of anyone better to do it. But mum, if you push too hard, we're the ones that are going to have to look after you. And I said, nah, I'm well now. Something's <laughs> happened. I'm transformed. Look, and I've never gone back. I've never been through that same time again. Never. And um you know, it's encouraging. So yeah. I think it happens, you'll see, see that happens with a lot of people. We that dark night of the soul stuff is hard, but it it humanizes us and yeah. Yeah, it's powerful. I'm, I'm I'm intrigued where where the talent comes from in your in your in you and your family, you know, to to have such success within your family. Um and you know, very very visible to the world. I'm also, you know, you described sort of the, you know, quite you know, place like Peckham that you that you uh, that you lived in. Yet you bring four children up who go and become hugely successful in their fields on a on a global international scale. Um, what? How did that happen? Which part of it? <laughs> I've got so many questions I could ask. I'm just um, yeah. Well. I, I don't know how to describe it really because they were with me and my husband at the time. We, they were with us, loving people and caring for them, giving their own selves, but they were surrounded by music, musicians, yeah. the amazing community of England and London, you know, all the eclectic different groups and out came this incredible um, musical gift and they used to play together, sing together. And and um, we never, we didn't have the funds to um to get them lessons. So I said, don't worry, you know, I've studied the Suzuki method, just read about it, and Suzuki teaches kids to be amazing geniuses and they don't even read music. They don't do formal education with it. They they play by ear. And I said, even if you, it doesn't matter. We're just going to surround you and it'll, the gift's there. It'll come out. Yeah. Instead of their, because um, I was taught music, um, in the traditional way and then you lose if you have just that but not the creative you end up developing one side of your brain but not the creative lateral thinking side and i think our family's very lateral thinking because they they were they weren't formalized right and i remember saying to them i wish i was creative like you to the kids because look at them what they've done and they were like you are mum oh, i'm like yes. no i can't i can't write music I'm not really good at writing. They said, yes, but look at this. Look at that, what you do with people. Like you come up with all these ideas and you bring them to pass. And and I was like, as the years have gone by, I thought, yeah, I am creative. Yeah. It wasn't what I was trained in. It, was, it came out of the inner. And I realized I had this ability to see um, the potential in people, no matter how what their life was, I saw this potential that they could become, like people saw with me when they helped me when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. I saw that, see the potential in them. And all, no matter how complicated things are, I see the potential. And I was also one of those people that um, would clash with the authorities of different organizations or school or whatever, because I always wanted to bring change. I could mm. see things could be done in a better way. Well, since then, I found out I'm a change maker. <laughs> of course, I clashed up against them, whereas I used to think that was a bad thing. And why was I like that? And now I'm like, actually, 
I was designed to be a change maker. Of course, I'm gonna I could learn how to do some of my change making better, right. clash less, but if you're a change maker, you're gonna and I think the kids have done that in the music industry as well. They've done their own change making. Yeah, change change happens on places where there's friction, doesn't it? Where yeah. I'm just feeling that with my son's school at the moment. So it's very apt that we're having this conversation. Um, so t- tell us um, tell us about Global Angels then and, you know, what is it and how is it making a difference? Well, Global Angels is an international foundation and we transform disadvantaged communities. Um, we basically go into an area and see what its needs are, some of the most difficult areas, and um, and work on bringing change and one of the things we we can talk about it a little bit after the break but one of the things that's special about global angels is we have a hundred percent promise that's the change making part of me Mm. Um, i was like hardly any money gets on the ground for some of these big charities when people find out about that they're going to be shocked so when I started the charity, I was like, well, we have to do it different. Let's do 100% promise and promise the public that every penny that they give will go on the ground to make a difference. It'll be actually tangible, a tangible, it will be spent tangibly on tangible things that people can come and touch and see. And then we'll be fund ourselves and our operational costs by others who commit to that. And that was, we were like a forerunner in that. And it, it 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 people love it people love being angels so everyone can be an angel a company can who supports us the individuals can who support us people doing on the ground every penny makes such a difference that they give so everyone can be an angel and that's that's really about everyone coming together and uh, giving what they can what their gift is and out comes this amazing movement of of good that's helping people wherever you are so when I say, I think you you explained to me, I think, <clears throat> to explain, I think what you're saying is that the operational costs of the organisation that comes from the support of of companies, and then and that means everything that people give to the charity then goes to the grassroots, hundred percent of it. So you yeah, know, we have, we have some people who give to it too because they and um, they've got a passion to give on the ground, but they know that we can only do that if people support yeah. us. Do they care about you? They care about me. Yeah. Yeah, And so my trips to Kenya or ever are covered by individuals or companies going, this is for your trip. This is for your phone. This is for, so I don't have to check, but none of those costs come from the donations the public give to a project on the ground. Everything is, um, and we've done that since 2005 when we launched. It's, we've kept the promise, which yeah. is the Global Angels promise, which is very yeah. exciting. Exciting. Well, after the break, we're going to find out more about uh, Global Angels' work. But uh, I think after the break, what we'll do is we'll get you to share uh, a story um, which uh, involves that mum bear grill, Sue, you mentioned, who seems to seems to crop up in my life, um, actually, in, in, uh, through several of my, my guests. And, uh, and by coincidence, I found myself at an event with him only a few weeks ago. Um, so he's, uh, he's been quite a fixture uh, on this show. I have to get him on as a guest. Yeah, some point which would be which would be great. But um, love to be to tell us a little bit about um your, your global angels and your event in Times Square because that sounded I would love really to really quite special and yeah. 
yeah, you need to come back after the break to hear about this because it's uh, it's well worth hearing. So we're back again with you in uh, just a couple of minutes. Go and be kind to yourself. Maybe get yourself a cup of tea. Maybe take maybe take a um, a piece of paper and write down any any thoughts that are coming up for you. Maybe two or three things that you can take away. Maybe people that you can help with your kindness. Perhaps it's yourself. Be back with you again in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Say It Skillfully is my radio show about being who you are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. I'll help you find the right words to tackle any challenging conversation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. You'll learn how to achieve success on your terms and be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in your life. Check out sayitskillfully.com for practical resources, including my 90-second videos, real-life examples showing you how to speak up skillfully. I invite you to call in with your questions. Join me live every Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. And no, I'm cheering for you. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper, and um, we've got Molly Beddingfield with us at the moment, and we're talking about about uh, stepping up, being an angel, being kind. We talked about being kind to yourself, um, and we're talking about global angels now. And uh, you know, Bear Grills, who we mentioned, he, he um, contacted you with an act of kindness, and it led to uh, and, in, and resulted in something um, being a bit exciting in Times Square. Do you want to tell us a story? Because that was great. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, Bear's amazing I, I in 2005 i didn't even know who he was but um he heard about me we just started the charity and one day he rang me up he rang up my office and the my staff said there's a man on the phone who wants to give you a million dollars and i think it's a joke 
<laughs> he won't tell me his name. And so I said, I'll give him to me and I'll talk to him. And I, I treated him with respect like it was real. <laughs> and he said, um, oh, hello. Um, he said, I can't tell you my name, but um, what would you do if I gave you a million dollars? And I said, what would you like it to do? And he said, I'd like it to save lives and go to Africa. And I said, okay, um, well, we could do this in Uganda, this in Sierra Leone, this in Kenya, this in South Africa. Um, and we, it was hospitals, schools, water, purification plants for 200,000 people, all, all kinds of things. And he said, well, that sounds amazing. How much will you take out for administration costs? And I said, nothing. And I mean, honestly, I, I was a new charity. I'd never done this before. Hmm. Um, and I didn't know how the 100% promise would work, that every penny that people gave would go on the ground. But he was an individual. Uh, so he was under the promise. And he said, oh, that's wonderful. Well, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm about to do the um, attempt to do the highest paramotor in the world by Mount Everest. Yeah. My sponsors are GKN. And I would like to introduce them to you. And um, we've agreed that um, I will I will do this with Discovery Channel and they'll be our sponsors. But my condition was that they have to give a million dollars to my favorite charity. And I'd like you to be my favorite charity. Oh, amazing. So he, yeah, it's amazing. Mm. So that we just started and that was a million dollars of incredible support and um, GKN. Uh, we did. They came. They top, got their top supervisors from every department to come and help us deliver that amazing stuff on the ground. So that was that was my beginning with Bear, and he helped us incredibly. And then we were we were going to launch um, Global Angels America in Times Square with Hard Rock Cafe. Hard Rock Cafe had every in every cafe, casino, hotel, their main window around the world had Natasha Bedingfield with our global angels behind her and everyone was encouraged to step up, be an angel. And everyone that walked into the cafe was had to buy a wristband that would feed children as part of this feeding school oh. feeding program that we were doing. And um and then but just be so then we um we decided to do our big launch in Times Square and I went up to the um head of Reuters NASDAQ and said, could I meet the CEO, please? And um, so they said, yes, took me right to the top of the building. And then they were like, um, what can we do to help you? I said, well, I want to do this huge uh, event in Times Square with Hard Rock Cafe and want to take over the NASDAQ and Reuters screens for five hours. And I'd like you to give it to us for free. And they said, well, we can give you it for free, but NASDAQ will charge you 20000 So I said, okay. So people came in and sponsored that. And then Bear came out with other celebrities and to New York and all of them. We took over the whole of Times Square. We had 30 screens for five hours, had our amazing imaging of people stepping up to be an angel. And Bear was one of them. It was wow. just amazing. And, um, yeah, he's been an amazing supporter. And then another company came in and says, we'll sponsor all the, the lighting and the incredible artwork that was displayed and the live streaming of these celebrities stepping up to Mara Eccleston, lots of film stars from ER and all sorts of people came and stepped up um, with Natasha and Daniel and others. So Bear, Bear has been an amazing, amazing support. And that took four years to deliver 
what we did on the ground. And after that, he did a few more adventures that um, fundraised for us too. It's an amazing. Yeah, yeah it's am- amazing. And we there's a sort of like coincidence in that, in in that that uh, power motor experience you described there above Everest. I think it's most one of the most ter- terrifying films I've ever seen, actually, in terms of going above Everest. And it was incredible. Very. But he's, uh, he's... One, of, one of the really exciting things was this company who, because it's very interesting, because this is a business, your, your business t- channel as well, aren't you? And one of the amazing things that GKN had 4,000 staff and the CEO and the board went to all of their staff and said, every year you raise a million dollars for charity by yourself, separate from us as a company giving. Everything you raise above a million this year, um, we will match fund up to a million. And they they raised two and a half million and Global Angels got the million dollars for the project on the ground. And that was the that was really when we took off. That's incredible. So Bear was like an amazing angel opening the doors. Yeah, yeah, yes. Bear is the best friend of both Neil Lawton, who's been on the show and is a very close friend of mine. So um Neil was involved in that 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 power motor experience and and i'm actually speaking at neil's event and staying at his house at the end of february um uh, (laughs) i will do yeah yeah um so i know quite a lot about uh about bear and their adventures and um in neil's book if you're interested which uh mentions bears called adventure holic it's uh it's a great it's a great read they're absolutely crazy outliers in my opinion but i love to love to learn very generous as well well, a few years later, um, I was invited to go to Mount Everest and do the Everest skydive, and we jumped out of an aeroplane the first time I ever did. Um, I've only done it twice. And at 29,500 feet, we jumped out of um, an aeroplane with oxygen, took us 45 minutes in the plane to get, and we la- landed on the highest landing airstrip in the world. And oh, my God. We- we it took seven and a half minutes to get down, five and a half minutes free fall. We were going faster than the speed of velocity coming down. It was incredible. That's amazing. <laughs> that was to raise money for children. <laughs> Excellent. And that was being kind to yourself, was it? <laughs> one, yeah, then, then I was invited again to do it again. But I thought to do that, we have to make another you know, another record. It wasn't a world record. It was a South Pacific, uh, South Southern Hemisphere record. And um, so we said, we'll jump from 30,000 feet. And my daughter, Natasha said, mum, you can't do that. You have to find a kinder way to all of us and to yourself to raise money. You're not that <laughs> so I found a racing car driver and he did it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, uh. it's been a lot of adventure, this whole Global Angels thing. So, so just give us a feeling for the scope of it now. You know, you know how many people has it helped, and uh, and the project? Because now you're focusing quite on, quite a lot on Kenya, aren't you? Yeah. Um, when I started it, we were working with street kids and orphans and um, child slaves, traffic children, and uh, we did we worked all over the world. I found amazing projects that existed, small ones, and came alongside them to capacity build them. And then we gradually moved the charity into doing things like water, healthcare, schools. Um, And we realized that what we were really good at, again, that was coming alongside finding and coming alongside young people who were doing amazing projects on the ground in Uganda, Kenya, and Costa Rica, all over the world, Thailand, um, Burma, 
and um, coming alongside them and capacity building by fundraising and funding their projects. And then I worked closely with them to build their, help them build the scope of what they did. And, and then five years ago, my board um, invite said, we think it's time for you to go and pioneer, which is nice of them, for me to go and pioneer um, the model of how does Global Angels transform a community? What is our model? So we decided to do that in Kenya. So we've gone to one of the poorest communities that we've found where it's extremely dry. There's elephants and lions and all sorts of um, animals um, about 20 minutes from where we are. It, the people have denuded the countryside of trees uh, to, to build, make firewood. And so what was a forest has become semi-desert. And now we're trying to re-green it um, and do all sorts of amazing things like um, regenerative agriculture, um, permaculture, uh, forest gardens, building like forests of fruit trees. Wow. And um, we've been learning how to do things like build um, water storage tanks out of earth bricks. And our latest thing that we're about to embark on this month is to start building uh, dome houses with earth bags. So that's re I'm really excited. I can't wait. And so we have volunteers come out and work alongside us to um, to help us deliver that. And um, so I'm about to build a guest house where people can come and uh, volunteer and come and stay on site. And uh, then we and we basically working training the community, um, paying for them to come and work with us. And then as time goes by, going into their 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 homes and their small um, households their small pieces of land and helping them to do those things for themselves so they become self-sustaining so you know everything's solar and you know no chemicals it's all everything we can that's organic so we have an organic farm 30 acres well so when when will i mean how do people follow this journey is it through the website because if you go to globalages.org um um and um the main project is it's his um where what you know what we do where we are and you'll find global, you'll find the Savo projects t-s-a-v-o Savo um, project and that's where we're doing all of this yeah right. and we have discovery trips that people can come with me I mean I invite anyone that wants to please come with me because um, I don't want to go out there by myself every trip yeah it's, it's a pleasure to take people with us and and what I found is that um it's not, you know, people go out to volunteer and they see lions and stuff for the first time. So that's very exciting. But so that's transforming just to see those things. But to actually work alongside people that have walked 15 kilometers, 15 miles or a day to get water, to actually be giving them water and, and, the, and to help them become self-sustaining, just being there. And just doing it, even for a week, is it's transformational for your own self. You see the mm. joy that they have as people with very little. And it doesn't make us feel guilty, but it, there's something within us. You, all sorts of things happen as you as you volunteer. And yeah. she's actually having to try hard. It's just a, it's an inner work that starts to happen. And, you know, you cry and you laugh and then you go home. You've made, you know, you know you've made a difference, but it's shaped you for how you think um, when you go home for the kind of, whatever it is you're doing in your jobs or family, it's very powerful. So, and what are you finding are the benefits for 
maybe you know leaders you know say say a you know, leader of an organization we've got some funds we've got uh, people who maybe could could benefit from a self development experience like that um what do you think you know what what are the layers that they could help and get involved with and what are the benefits of the people who go well um we have this amazing partnership with companies at small or large companies where they can partner with us and they come in as as angels um cor- corporate angels where they donate to global angels to help cover our operational costs um they they can because we have this promise of this integrity if they say we want to fund a water well or a water pan or a uh, an orphan project or a classroom 100% of those funds or trees we want to plant trees 100% of those funds go specifically to that so a lot of companies will partner with us on one aspect of one of the, of the projects um in Kenya and then one of the exciting things they can do is bring a team out and mm. i think there's a company called uh, robert walters it's a recruitment organization for the last uh, 5 7 years every year they reward some of their staff by giving them uh, four four to eight people every year come out with me on a trip for a week and they volunteer and they actually work alongside the local people and they build hands on they'll build um a water tank or they'll build a chicken house for a local person they'll build fences they'll plant trees you know um and um as well as doing other things like walking in the community carrying jerry cans you know trying to carry it to 20 you know um what what are they 20 liter cans i don't know what you can't remember in american what what as a gallon a gallon container yeah. um trying to carry them like the local people do and and then going and giving the water to people in in extreme poverty who don't have access to water it that in itself is life transforming and then in the evenings we talk about um you know what was it like for you what was happening and that's where a lot of the transformation happens too and so companies can partner with us as corporate angels angel partners where they're giving to the operations giving to a project they actually touch and feel it they can take their staff out and the the long term is you know if you have millennial staff they really are going to be loyal to you more likely or want to work with you or stay with you if they know you're giving back if yes. you're making a difference that is the real thing and when they're the in uh, robert walters the the staff long for it the new recruits are like I want to be one of those people that win and some people have been trying for 5 years and when they get to come out with us with me on that trip yeah. it's transforming yeah I love it so um yeah that I love I'd love to do more take more com- have more companies partner and have that experience mm. like one of the one of the recruits last one of the volunteers last this last year in September she's a high level um stuff and she said out of all the reward trips i've ever done out of all the holidays i've ever done this trip is the most impactful the most enjoyable trip i've ever done in my life i mean that's really amazing isn't it yeah about it yeah they get amazing rewards <laughs> <laughs> and she won all of them but this one was the best yeah you you clearly you clearly someone who you know get 
gets a lot done and uh, and and is very good at influencing people to make these things happen how do you when when people are very resource orientated you know maybe um you know organizations need needing to hit numbers and tar- how how do you find kindness contributes to a better outcome yeah well I've, there are studies that say that if you're a totally task orientated leader driven type A, you will achieve amazing results and have an amazing company that makes millions and billions. If you have a company that is more heart-centered and cares about people and your clients, um, you may have a lower, you might not become as big as fast, but you will have longevity, long-lasting impact because you're the people who you serve, your staff, but also your, your clients will stay with you because there is a much more powerful relationship formed than by someone that doesn't appear to care. So, you know, I think that's, it's like if we want to change the world, if we really want to make a difference long-term, we have to look at the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is this world needs a revolution of kindness. It really does. And if we can do our part, our small part, and whatever it is, and if enough of us do it, we'll build enough momentum to bring transformation and transformation as we know comes from the inner outer so by doing small trips like this by having kindness in your organization uh, there's another thing called i don't know if you've heard about it donut economics and new business model called um, the inclusive business model where you look at all stakeholders and you so you when you are doing whatever your business is you also care about the stakeholder of the environment you care about the stakeholder of the person who's going to buy. You care about where the product comes from, that you make your product, the, the resources come from. You, you care for all of it, the whole picture. And when you're doing that, you get the circular economy, you get happier staff, happier clients, happier world, and you get a, a safer, kinder world. And that's that's where we fit in. That's what our dream is, isn't it, to help build that. It's beautiful <clears throat> kindness is infectious isn't it it's very infectious <clears throat> yeah uh, and people will if you've been kind to people they remember that and they will be kind to you in future or, and maybe maybe kind to others because of your act of kindness it uh it does yeah it does my, my, my experience of that is people i haven't seen for 20 years or 30 years or 10 years you mm. had this amazing impactful something yeah. and closeness and then when you meet them again or some just years later suddenly they suddenly drop they just there and they remember and i remember you remember that what we yeah. had and it it's just it continues and that's really that's our legacy isn't it it, it is i'm always surprised to show sometimes i have guests on again it might be five or six years and we catch up again sometimes after five or six years and actually we're thrilled to see each other it's just it's really um it's Amazing. nice and you know then that you've you've you know impacted each other positively you know yeah. um and it it really is um we need more of that we, we need to be thinking about kindness um not just uh getting results kindness can help you get results but we um we have to come together i think like never before right now with all these challenges in this in this world uh, and not let the uh, negative stuff win yeah, and I think that, um, you know, naturally we have certain opinions politically or 
as we're listening to news, as we're listening to horror stories, as we're listening to what's happening in, in friendships or all kinds of things we hear and we think. And But if we look at the bigger picture of what we want to do in the world or what we want to accomplish, we often, it makes it easier to choose a kinder option or to be more yeah. forgiving or have more grace. And as we do that, we can work together. And it fits in with Jane Gunn and her talk yeah. last is is um to do what she does you have to have that wider thinking that's more embracing and more understanding and kinder you do i think we saw it from covid didn't we like people mm. were alone really really alone and i've we've noticed like in our street in london people talk to each other now they care there's different like there's a lady across the road who has got mental health um problems and depression but in the past, people wouldn't have talked to her. They would have ignored her. Whereas now, people are like, oh, how are you with this? Or how are you with that? There's just there's just a kindness and more caring that we've all noticed because people are talking about mental health and they're talking about, like, all these different people, celebrities or politicians or business leaders talking about where they've gone through hard times and making it more normal to talk about, honestly, being vulnerable and people being kinder. Um, yeah. In my revolution of kindness, I want to see the media kinder and yeah, not bullying, you know, to people. That I'm looking forward to seeing that. <laughs> so, I really we, am. I'm like, yeah. we, we used to have the Global Angels Awards. I hope we'll have them. Is it time? Yeah, we've got, we've got one minute. Oh, yeah. And um, I would like to see awards for, for um, honest journalism that's kind. So, so would I. Uh, they set the tone and uh, yeah. they influence the tone, don't they? Um, so it's been amazing talking to you today. I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, sure. I, I, know, I know you're very proud of your children, but I suspect they're very proud of you too. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I, I, and uh, you know, I hope you can, you know, there's, I, there's this notion that I, you know, keep, may have mentioned before on this show, and I think it was partly inspired by Lance Secretan a few a few months ago and you know, about this idea about we all carry a flame inside us and uh you know when we go and meet people if we're kind to them we can keep that flame we keep that flame burning burning and i think they still got that flame for us next time you know if we if we if we go out and through our actions we put it out we put that flame out and that flame will be out next time you meet them as well i think it really is um infectious uh, and we need people to be you know, energized and positive and uh, self-motivated. And I'm sure people are around you. Global Angel sounds an amazing organization. What you're doing, doing is incredible. Uh, if you want to find out more about um, Global Angels, go to globalangels.org. And you, I'm sure you can find out there about how um, you can get involved and help. There's also a website, mollybeddingfield.com. You want to see the work that Molly's doing herself. And on next week's show, we have Ben Wolf. We're going to be talking about resourcing and, uh, um, and uh, you know, filling those gaps in your organization uh, next week and how to do that so something called fractional leadership which we're going to chat about um but once again huge thank you to molly uh, thank you very much to molly harvey for our introduction uh, and molly I, I do hope we we keep in touch and we we talk talk again and thank you for being yeah. an angel and just to encourage everyone step up be yeah. an angel. thank you it's an honest being an angel thank you bye We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. 
Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more.